0: Welcome, listener, to 2024. May it be a peaceful and happy year for you. And welcome to the Burning Archives Summer of Civilizations. I am Jeff Rich. This is the Burning Archive podcast where I help you see the world clearly with some quality world history. And there are all sorts of reasons. In 2024, to want to explore all of world history's civilizations. So, welcome everyone to the second in my series of the Summer of Civilizations. This series in which we're exploring the whole world history of civilizations across the whole world through the unique guide provided by. Felipe Fernandez Armesto's uh, Civilizations, uh, a great book from uh, 20 years ago that I spoke with him about on the podcast last year. And in this episode, I'm really exploring some old and new ideas of civilizations, traditional and modern ideas of civilizations, including. How some of those inherited ideas of civilizations were expressed in the game civilization, and how it um, continues, I guess, in the common language with the concept of the cradles. civilization or the cradle of civilization. Uh, In episode 3 I'll go into more detail about the cradles of civilization but today we're focusing on old and new ideas of civilization of historians and in the popular culture. But first let me tell you a little bit more about my upcoming program exploring world history with me you may also be wanting to explore the history of real civilizations and the diverse history and perhaps even compare how the presentation of civilizations in the game relates to their real real history. So I'm reaching back to some earlier podcasts I did in 2022 that uh, look at the history of civilizations. One of the problems with looking at the history of civilizations is so much has been written about them. But fortunately, I knew of a guide in the form of one great book, one great history book written by the historian Felipe Fernandez Amesto, who I had the pleasure and the privilege to interview uh, late last year on the podcast. One book, Civilizations, that can offer you a uh, creative, accessible, imaginative, and in many ways quite delightful, uh, generous world tour of world civilizations. This civilizations. book, Civilizations, his book, civilizations uh, has that theme, and it's very important that he expresses it in the plural. There are more than one way in a cat and there is more than one way to lead a civilized life. And if you'd like to explore the history of civilizations more and also to go on the journey through the history of the world civilizations, that enormous journey in a achievable, simple, compressed form by reading through a single book with me and discussing it more. I'm going to be offering a very special program starting in February, where I take you through the ideas, the concepts, and the history of the civilization, the the history of civilization, as uh, articulated through Felipe Fernandez Amisto's book. And I'll give you a little bit more information about that new special program, but you can join up now. It's going to be starting in February, but you can sign up now or join a mailing list by going to courses, C-O-U-R-S-E-S, dot Jeff Rich Writer, all one word, J-E-F-F-R-I-C-H-W-R-I-T-E-R dot com. And I'll add a little bit more details about that. Okay so without further ado let's jump into the discussion of the old new traditional and modern ideas of civilization. Is it the biggest and baddest idea in world history? Uh, Sid Meier, in fact, said, you know, of the term civilization it has a grander feeling to it than other words. It hangs this shining light out there into the future. It's a stronger and more evocative word than race or tribe or nation. And how we conceive the likenesses we observe between smaller units or societies and periods... Uh, that bring together in some kind of cohesive common experience that we seem to have. There seems to be no better replacement word perhaps than civilization, even though that term has some problems with it. It certainly has a vexed history, especially when chained to other ideas like scientific racism or imperial expansion, or when used as uh, the antonym or opposite to terms like barbarians. I am civilized, and you are you are a barbarian or primitive, where civilization implies a kind of a development. Uh, an unequal capacity uh, development for peoples from different parts of the world. So although there may be some out there who seek to cancel anyone who might use the term civilization or civilizations, I think my approach is very much to respect the curiosity about global or long-term, big, deep, universal history and the grand sweep of the past that draws people to write and read such histories and indeed to play the game civilization. It is a gateway to try to understand the long, long, long and very varied human past. And I think that is also perhaps why uh, the historian Felipe Fernandez Amesto, who has a bit of an impish, playful wit, Chose uh, to write a magnificent book called Civilizations um, a few years ago now, back in two thousand, in fact, and he, he he acknowledges the biases I guess and the assumptions um, behind some of the and the eccentricities even about some of the major writers. Who uh, have written about civilizations uh, on a grand scale, and whose thinking and writing would have been influential, I guess, on the designers of the game Civilization and people like uh, Kenneth Clark, Norbert Elias, Ferdinand Brodel, who talked about the civilization of the Mediterranean. Um, looking at civilization as an underlying social and cultural process that spanned identities bigger than regions, Kenneth Clark tended to uh, identify civilization more with the Western tradition of art descend- descended from you know the classical models of Greece and Rome, but was also a not ungenerous uh, admirer of other cultures. And then there's Arnold Toynbee, who wrote a twelve-volume a study of history between nineteen thirty-four and nineteen sixty-one that categorised twenty-three civilizations, ranging from the ancient, like the Minoan or the Sumeric, through to more contemporary civilizations such as Western. Uh, that very very uh, vexed term western civilization which haunts us again today as we talk about the west versus Russia Islamic, Hindu and so on and in the early 20th century there was Oswald Spengler whose famous book of prophecy about civilizational decline uh, called The Fall of the West was uh, not uninfluential on Nazi sort of thought, and even though that wasn't really necessarily where Spengler was coming from, so ever since World War Two, it's been a more difficult term. But it is still a term that uh, persists. Indeed, for example, it persists even in the sense of you know my culture is good and yours is barbaric. In Commonly, even I think today, in people denouncing Russia as an uncivilized state, as indeed the magazine The Economist did uh, not so long ago. It has also prospered in the whole concept of Western civilization uh, that uh, was particularly promoted, I guess, by American scholars during the Cold War and has persisted to some degree since. Even though it is a, a very complicated concept, let's say. Indeed, Fernandez Amesto says of uh, the authors on Western civilization that they were under an obligation to say nothing new. Um, enough said about that. It is a concept that is widely, deeply discussed in history, uh, to answer Isaac's question. And in many of those histories, uh, Mesopotamia, you know, has been seen as the cradle of civilization. It has had a very strong focus on how this triumphant civilization of the West emerged from... Uh, those those ancient roots and retained aspects of the culture of Greece and all the rest of it uh, in the way that people would like, but behind that concept, there are a lot of a lot of uh, difficulties, but it's wider used concept and so that's where you would have picked up the term of cradles of civilization or western civilization or just concepts of civilization as well. Been a widely debated and at times reviled term. But I think Fernandez Amesto's book of 2000 of civilizations provides a wonderful, witty, and generous account of civilizations that gives us a bit of a new way of thinking about them that is uh, well adapted to the multipolar world we're living in these days and is without some of the, some of the um, weaknesses of concept uh, that have given civilization a bit of a bad reputation. And I think the four big points that uh, Fernandez de Misto makes in the opening essay of his book Civilizations that are worth uh, focusing on before we talk a little bit more about the cradles of civilization... So, they are that civilization is a process, civilization is not progress, civilization accomplishes something but need not be valued over uh, other civilizations, and civilization is very much a process of adapting the environment. So, let's just briefly talk about each of those key points. So we've got a really good handle on the concept of the civ- of civilizations. So first of all, civilizations is a process. Now behind the concept of Western civilization or, or you know, uh, I guess, you know, uh, whatever dominant civilization you might want to talk about, the is a bit of a concept there that it is a an achieved state it's it's something that is uh an identity and that it's a society um perhaps it's the nature of a society it's a it's a cohesive meaningful whole and uh Fernandez Amisto really says that people have really struggled to find a uh, coherent way to define the meaning of and the boundaries of such a defined state of a civilization, you know, what marks off Western civilization from Russian civilization or Middle Eastern civilization or Greek civilization or whatever uh, term you want to use, what distinguishes you know European civilization from Christian civilization and because some of those boundaries and are so murky the term has had a lot of difficulty with implementation perhaps most well famously in recent times are in a book by Samuel Huntington, The Clash of Civilizations, where he talks about effectively Chinese, Orthodox, or Russian, and Western civilizations clashing, uh, Islamic civilizations clashing. But his boundaries of those civilizations are quite odd indeed and don't really uh, recognize the diversities of society and end up being a little bit of a fudge of, you know, current military alliances within the world. And I'm going to come back to Samuel Huntington in an episode after this because there's also some reflections in Samuel Huntington's clash of Civilizations. On the special role of Ukraine in the uh, clash of civilizations, is Ukraine part of Russian civilization or European civilization? It was a boundary state that uh, tested his theory, and it's interesting to look back on his reflections uh, in the midst of the Russian Ukrainian war. But if you look at civilization as a process, then it's less about describing civilising civili- in terms of internal standards of a society, but more a social process that is uh, underway and has certain effects. It also tends to mean you don't look at uh, civilizations as indivisible identities, big blocks um, that you can sort of... Uh, manipulate around the world and uh, define uh, clearly when we have much more fragmented and complex societies. Importantly, too, Fernandez Amesto says civilization is not progress. Now, this um, is particularly pernicious, uh, Fernandez Amesto says, when they uh, say in some sociobiology sociobiological accounts of societies, there's uh, uh, an argument put that, I guess, with the evolution of society, their brain evolves too and therefore uh, certain people are made superior uh, over other people by culture or by culture-biology interactions um, and have a, I guess, a implied right of domination. But even in more generous thinkers like Toynbee, civilization is always is associated with a sense of progress and that the civilization is the ultimate accomplishment of human endeavor and human ability. It's usually treated as a bit of a growth Away from more primitive societies. And tends to follow a familiar sequence. Which I guess is embedded in the game. Civilization. From hunting to herding to agriculture to civilization. Onward and upward to more complex social and cultural achievement. And Fernandez Amesto says the language of evolution bears a heavy responsibility for misleading people into thinking that civilization is a superior way of organizing life simply because it happens late in history. Societies do not evolve, they just change. And so, and that's a really important point for the concept of cradles of civilization because, uh, again, the, the, the civilization is not coming from a cradle. It's moving from one, one situation to another. Nevertheless, there is certainly a sense in which civilizations accomplish something. If societies do not evolve, they just change, they're still... Uh, there's still significant achievement I guess in that and that can be liked and some of that achievement is also incredibly destructive but Fernandez Amisto says there's really no checklist for being included in the distinct kind of society known as civilization and this is where many people have fallen into a bit of a trap. The checklist Approach might say that civilizations are distinguished by having cities or writing or recognizably great art or agriculture or state systems, big imperial, big government systems or they might have a certain level of economic achievement material or population success or technological achievement again perhaps a an idea that's still around sometimes when people might say that Russia is an uncivilized place or or you know the country is an uncivilized you know the rural rural part of the world is less civilized than us urban slickers but there are are uh, no admission criteria to the ranks of the civilized. It is an open club available to many communities that have sought to adapt their environment. And so Fernandez Amesto produces a vastly more diverse and interesting list of civilizations and bends the concept of civilization to his own ends, to the concept of civilizations. And what is Fernandez Amesto's concept of civilizations? Well, he says the common element in many, many different civilizations uh, is their programs for the systematic refashioning of their societies and their environments. For him, the story of civilization is not a story of growth or climbing up a technological ladder. It is a story of encounters with nature and with other cultures encountering other ecological niches along the way. He proposes to treat civilization as a relationship between humans and nature. And he gives four reasons for doing so. First of all, it's a change of perspective uh, and offers fresh comparisons and understanding. Secondly, he says environments are real and objective and much more firmly uh, firm and, and definable than nebulous categories such as stages of development or or, or levels of complexity of the society. Thirdly, he says to treat civilization as a way of adapting the environment or a process of adapting the environment common to many, many, many cultures, uh, even if expressed differently in many, many cultures, is uh, consistent with the uh, early use of the term in 17th 17th and 18th century Europe, in which which, uh, people were trying to think how does the... Urban European or the uh, apparently sophisticated European and the noble savage of America, those words, of course, in in quotation marks. How can they think about their encounters and their encounters with very different natural worlds? Uh, indeed, he even says that Toynbee, the great student of civilizations, who wrote those that twelve volume A Study in History, actually. Also, defines civilization as a process in his early work in which human individuals are molded less by the environment and more by their own actions. Finally, uh, Fernandez Amesto says that treating civilization as a process of adapting the environment reveals some important truths. And if I quote here, he says, the very act of classifying civilizations environmentally reveals truths that no linear or progressive story unites their histories. So there is no one cradle of civilization. That they are neither determined nor uninfluenced by environment. That no habitable environment is utterly uncivilizable. Again, a bit of a contrast to the concept of cradle of civilization. That environmental diversity helps. That civilizations start in specific environments but can sometimes conquer, colonize or cross others. And that peoples of diverse provenance have excelled as civilizers in different conditions. No part of the world is uniquely privileged. No people Uniquely fitted for civilization. There is in some no single cradle uh, of civilization. No single technology tree story. And no part of the world untouched by civilization, if you like. No part of the world in which there is not an origin story of civilization, no part of the world in which there is not some cradle of civilization. So I hope you found that an interesting introduction to the discussion about this big idea in world history of civilizations. it's one of those words that's perhaps done a bit of harm over the years but also has served a purpose and is perhaps hard to do entirely without but and I will, in later episodes, also go into a little bit more depth about specifically how Felipe Fernandez Amisto, uh explores this idea of civilization as an adaptation of the environment. But uh, in the next episode, I'll be looking specifically at Answering the question, what is the cradle of civilization? Or perhaps even better, what are the cradles of civilization? If you'd like to explore these ideas further, why don't you have a think about joining me on my sort of World History Explorers membership program. As I said at the start of the show, I'm also setting up a special program. You could call it a course, you could call it a discussion club, a history reading club. Uh, I'm starting off with uh, a guide to the history of civilizations by reading just one book, Felipe Fernandez Amesto. So if you'd like to do that, you can uh, sign up to either a mailing list or even purchase early access to the program now uh, by going to courses that's c-o-u-r-s-e-s dot jeffrichwriter j-e-double-f-r-i-c-h-w-r-i-t-e-r dot com and you'll get all the information there I'd love to uh, see you. Uh, uh, the the program uh, I'm intending will have uh, a mix of learning materials, but it will focus on simplifying a way into the best quality world history for. People who are curious whether you're curious about geopolitics or you're curious about traveling the world or you're just curious about connecting the dots between all the things uh, that you've learned about the incredibly (laughs) amazing diverse world that we live in and how it's changing, then this will be a great program for you and I think it will help Take you through to a deeper insight to help see the world more clearly, more compassionately and I think more creatively uh, with the benefit of some really quality world history and I think have a bit of fun and a bit of a laugh and a bit of companionship along the way because reading some of those long history books can be a bit of a task and it's a lot easier if you're not doing it all by yourself. So do check that out, courses.jeffrichwriter.com and I'm really looking forward to you joining me on the journey and next week we will be exploring on the podcast the idea of the cradles of civilization. Can you guess where they are? I hope you can join me there. And then, and I hope you can join me on the course program. Until then, this is Jeff Rich signing out from the Burning Archive.